everyone, it's Paige and Luke again for Cover to Cover, and today we're going to be talking about The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanted to start off by talking just about Donna Tartt and a little bit about her background and her career. Take it away, Lucas. <laughs> yeah, so a little bit about Donna Tartt. Uh, she has written three novels, one The Secret History in 1992, the, you might hear the cat. He's sorry. very loud. I'm very sorry. He's very needy. Uh, anyway, the little friend in 2002, the goldfinch, and and the goldfinch in 2013. Uh, what's interesting is these books were all written ten years apart, so she's clearly very thoughtful, and she does a lot of very methodical writing. Not me. Uh, everything's very well researched. Especially you can get that from reading the goldfinch. Um, Every little detail is very excruciatingly sent. Then she was born in Greenwood, Mississippi, and raised in the nearby town of Granada. Um, we didn't really find much about the in-between years, so we're just going to skip right to when she enrolled in the University of Mississippi in 1981, and she quickly excelled. Uh, she did very, very well. Then transferred to Bennington College in 1982. She's won many awards, uh, most notable the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction for The Goldfinch. Um, I think this book, this award has caused the book to become pretty widely criticized because it's kind of a love or hate sort of book and giving this pretty high standing reward um, sort of amplified a lot of those opinions about that. And now to give it over to Paige, she's gonna do a summary of the book. <laughs> that all that information was from her Wikipedia page. Mm -hmm. Just that was where we got our our sources. Yeah. <laughs> um now for a spoiler-free description, basically this book was about a 13-year-old boy named Theo Decker who survives a terrorist attack at an art museum in New York City where his mother unfortunately dies. In the confusion of the aftermath, he takes a famous painting, sorry about Nami, uh, called The Goldfinch, and ensues a series of unfortunate events over the next 10 or so years. Um, now, I'm going to get into some spoilers in the book, so if you haven't read it, like, beware. <laughs> um, so right before the blast, he kind of has a insta-love moment with a little girl who is with this old man and after the blast goes off he meets the old man who has been very badly injured and is extremely disoriented and he convinces young Theo to take the goldfinch the painting after uh, the explosion and he finds out his mother dies he gets fostered by this upper class family called the Barbers, and they're a bit stingy, but kind of interesting to read about. Um, what? He gets the ring as well. Oh yeah, he gets a ring from the old man. It's, it's weird to describe this book because a lot happens, but a lot doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. he gets this, the, the old man gives him a ring and tells him this address. And so while Theo is being fostered by the barbers, he goes to find the old man's address to return the ring. And there he meets his, the old man's business partner, who's this man called Hobie. And he also properly meets the young girl that he fell in love with at first sight. And her name is Pippa. And she's been horribly injured. 
and ends up moving away to Texas shortly after their first meeting. But eventually, Theo's dad, who's been estranged from the family for a few years, comes to take him, and he's been living in Las Vegas with his girlfriend named Alexandra with an X. <laughs> um, and so they go back to Las Vegas, and this is where Theo meets his lifelong friend named Boris, who is one of my favorite characters in this book. And for the duration that they're in Las Vegas, they basically get drunk and high for that whole part of the book, which is maybe like a year-ish of Theo's life. Yeah. Um, and after, like, so his dad's a really, an alcoholic, and he's addicted to gambling, living in Las Vegas, and so he gets into a lot of debt and attempts to steal uh, Theo's small inheritance that he got from his mother, and he, the bank doesn't let him, basically, and so he gets really drunk and dies in an accident drunk driving. So Theo gets very scared. He's about 15 at this point, and he gets really scared that he's going to end up in the foster care system. So he proceeds to run away via the Greyhound to New York City, and he reconnects with Hobie, who agrees to foster him for the time being. And then there's this break where eight years pass, and Theo is now a 26-year-old man who becomes business partners with Hobie. And I'm not sure if I mentioned, Hobie runs an antique furniture shop. But uh, Theo isn't a very good person, and he cons people into thinking some of the furniture pieces are, like, designer and charges much more than they're actually worth. Like, hundreds of thousands of dollars more than they're actually worth. And at this point, he also reconnects with the Barbers, and he gets engaged to a girl named Kitsy, who's the youngest sister in the Barber family. Even though he's been in love almost to the point of obsession with Pippa, the girl from the explosion. Uh, and so he, he eventually, a lot of stuff happens in between there that isn't that important really to talk about, but by the end, he meets up with Boris again. He just runs into him on the street, and Boris admits that he actually stole the goldfinch from Theo, way back when they were living in Las Vegas, and he replaced it with his economics textbook. And also that Boris lost the painting in a recent sketchy business deal. And this makes Theo freak out, and he runs back to where he's been storing the painting and realizes that it's not the painting at all. And yeah, he's freaking out at this point, and so Boris tries to make things better, and so he takes Theo to Amsterdam, where the they both think the painting is, and unfortunately some things go down, some bad deals happen, and Theo ends up shooting two individuals and losing the painting again. So him and Boris decide to split up, and Theo spends the next two-ish weeks sulking in a hotel with guilt over what he's done and since he hasn't heard from Boris that whole time he wakes up one morning and decides to go to the police and turn himself in but Boris having perfect timing comes in shows up and explains that he found the painting called this like art association police people and told them the location and collected the reward money uh, from getting the painting back and gives it all to Theo, 
or I'm not sure if he gives all of it to Theo, but he gives a good chunk of it to Theo. And so with the goldfinch back where it belongs, Theo uses his new fortune to pay back the people he swindled in the antique shop. <laughs> and that is basically how the book ends. Um, yeah, so this book was interesting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I didn't finish it because I didn't like it. Yeah. I got exactly 50% through on the ebook and stopped. I liked it though. I fin mm. completely finished it. It was an interesting read to say the least, but do you want to talk about what you like? Sure. I'll start, I'll start with the pros of what I liked. I liked that it was clearly very well researched. Uh, there wasn't any details left out. It was very well written. Um, anything she was describing you could very clearly see in your mind. The character Hobie I really liked. I didn't like a lot of characters in this book, including Theo, but I really liked Hobie. Uh, he was thoughtful, genuinely a good person, um, and he was caring, he was meticulous. I really liked the part where he's taught, teaching Theo about the antique restoration. I thought that was... I thought it was interesting. That was the part that I didn't like. Yeah. I thought it was really boring. And also because of how well her characters are written, uh, even though I didn't like them, I have to acknowledge they're very well written, very well fleshed out. Uh, the beginning was very distressing and there's lots of kind of hectic events going on. And the character of Mrs. Barber, who takes him in, um, she's very a very solid character and she's kind of just always there. She's never freaking out. She's always very calm. And that was, that was nice to have in the story. Um, but I understand from reading the sort of the cliff notes of the last 50%, she's uh, definitely not like that later on. Oh yeah, like the Barber family, a couple deaths happen that are, are they, okay, it's so hard to like summarize this book because a lot happens, but not all of it is very important, but at the same time it is. Yeah. But like some of the Barbers, the son and the father both die. Yeah, it's like childhood friend. Mm-hmm. And so Mrs. Barber in the future gets really um, depressed and she doesn't really leave the house and she's kind of a shell of the former woman that she was before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so those were, those were the things I liked about the book. The things I didn't like is kind of contradictory when I said that it was very well written and she definitely made sure you could see what she wanted you to see. Some of the descriptions took like pages. Yeah, they were of like a street and that was mm -hmm. that was a bit much for me. You like had to skim through a couple paragraphs. Yeah. I was like that with the antique restoration cuz that was like such a snore fest. <laughs> yeah. So some of my like personal biases with with reading and watching movies is I like fantasy and sci-fi and fantasy can definitely be very flowery and take a long time. But when it's a world I don't know and I've never been to like some of that's nice, but when it's like a street with cars on it, like I think that's all I need. And they're walking down the street, but it's like three pages of them, what's on the street, you know? I don't, personally, I don't need that. Um, I thought the, Theo is extremely fixated on Pippa and he's talked to her for like all of 20 minutes, maybe 20 I, minutes. Well, he lived with her for a couple days with Hobie, but then she left. I think like, it's like almost a psychological kind of a thing because yeah. he experienced this tremendous loss mm -hmm. right after he first saw her. Yeah. And so he's like kind of attached himself to her, kind of like a leech or something, yeah. like a parasite. Uh -huh. And he's obsessed with her, but he doesn't 
he doesn't really know her very well. He no. hasn't really talked to her. I think he even describes her as kind of ugly in a way. Like, at some moments, he just he's like, she should be grateful that I'm in love with her when I am sleeping around with all these beautiful women. But it's he loves her very selfishly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a good kind of love, and I think Pippa recognizes that. Yeah. And she, that's why she never reciprocates the feelings, because she knows that their issues together would just, like, be a nuclear bomb. It wouldn't work. Yeah. That was one thing I didn't like. The... Some things, like I said, like, we're like what Paige said, is a lot happens, but a lot doesn't happen. And I wish some things were a bit more, like, uh, laid out, I guess. In the beginning, the barber's son, oldest son, Platt, has this, like, mysterious problem he had at school. And it's not yeah. important to the story. By any, I don't think the character of Platt is important to the story, as far as I know. But, like, you kind of want to know what happens. and Yeah, he, like, at some point, he gets in really big trouble. And he's at school. And yeah. he has to come home from school. But they never tell us why. And I thought that they would answer it later in the book. Mm. But they don't. And so I still don't know what Platt did. But yeah. what, what did Platt do to get him expelled? Mm-hmm. And I'm still curious about it. But they never... Yeah, it's not it's not something that's important, but it's something you kind of like wonder about. Yeah, like you're kind of curious yeah. about it. Uh, Theo's dad has this. He he clearly gambles to make a living. That's obvious, but like, and he gambles on football games. I think like on anything. Yeah, but like the specifics of it, it's very vague, and I think, you know, from Theo's perspective, that makes sense since it is from his perspective. But you still kind of want to know. Yeah. Uh, and so that is a little bit unsatisfying. Um, another thing is when, when Theo's older, obviously the painting means a lot to him, mm-hmm. but he like agonizes over how to fix it, even in the beginning as a child. Uh, and I felt like he could have just like mailed the painting or taken a package, uh, you know, just there, yeah. it felt like there's an easy fix for it, but I can see how, because of the connection to his mom, he doesn't want to give it up. Yeah. It's special. I, I agree. I think the whole like solution to his problem could be fixed fixed so easily and I can understand why he would overcomplicate it when he's a child but when he's 26 like that it's it's not a problem anymore like you don't have an excuse like just go send it through the mail to the art director of the museum or something or just like go to the police and tell them what happened I'm sure it wouldn't be that bad yeah or maybe it would i don't know i don't know but like i mean he was a victim of the bombing it's not like he was just some rando who walked by while it happened and saw an opportunity yeah and he was a child so i wonder if there would be some leniency in in what happened to him and why he has the painting and i don't know i feel like everyone would be so happy to have it back yeah but I can see, I think even at some point he said he liked the idea of having it. Like, and when Boris admits that he took it, he feels so, like, empty and detached and, like, like he's a regular person. And he doesn't like that feeling of being just ordinary. Yeah. But, yeah, it, at the end when Boris is just like, oh, I called the police. It's <laughs> like, well, why didn't they do that at the very beginning? Yeah. They could have collected a reward on it the whole time. Uh, like, yeah. 
just seems a bit silly. Mm -hmm. uh, and then some of my personal biases that got in the way of me liking this book is, like I said, I'm very much a sci-fi and fantasy lover. I don't really like books set in... Contemporary. Yeah, contemporary books. It just, it just doesn't interest me. Um, and I just didn't find really any of the characters interesting they're to me they're unrelatable um they weren't like compelling do you need like a relatable character to enjoy a story i don't like need it i don't think mm -hmm. but it's nice sometimes yeah i like i kind of struggle with this like can we enjoy a book with unlikable characters mm -hmm. and I think of like other classics like Frankenstein by Mary Shelley has very unlikable characters, but I still found it an enjoyable read. I know you didn't, <laughs> <laughs> but Theo is definitely like as a child, he's almost kind of endearing and sad, but as an adult, he's just really pretentious yeah. and un he's very unlikable, but I think he was purposefully written that way. Yeah, I agree with that. So... It's something I personally struggle with because mm. I think like it is a more of an enjoyable experience when you have a character that you can relate to and you can root for in a story. Yeah. So I can see why that would be like a problem mm -hmm. in this book. And even when, even when they're like teenagers, like that wasn't my teenage experience. Like <laughs> just skipping school, constantly doing drugs and. Well, tripping out on things all day like they both also had a way worse home life yeah, than true, we true. both had uh -huh. uh they didn't have anyone to reprimand them and mm -hmm. tell them that they have to go to school yeah but that those are all like personal preferences for the story yeah and i, I always enjoy a story that has like you know a quest or like mm. we got to go on this mission like there's a goal this one they didn't really have a goal. It was just kind of like the events of Theo's life up until he, you know, f gets rid of the painting. Yeah. It, and I don't know, that was like, it was... Re it's reading, too ordinary. Yeah, reading the description is very unfulfilling. Like, if I read a story, I want, like, thrilling heroics and, like, mm -hmm. swords and... I don't know. That's, that's, just, that's just me. I didn't, I didn't like it. I tried, I tried very hard to read it, but I just, I just couldn't finish it. Yeah, well, at least you got 50%. I had to, yeah. like, bully him into reading at <laughs> least 50% of the way. Uh -huh. But, I mean, if you didn't like it, that's totally okay. Yeah. But I, I, like, had a really enjoyable time reading this book. Like, I really liked it. There, it's so funny because I agree with pretty much everything you said, but I still really liked it. And I think a lot of that is simply because the writing. Like, I am just so in awe of Donna Tartt's writing style. It's just beautiful. I think a lot of people have compared it to Dickinson, like Charles Dickinson, yeah. which is funny because I hate Charles Dickinson. <laughs> uh -huh. Like, I hate his books pretty much, but I really enjoyed this. So I don't know what that says, yeah. but I really like this. It's kind of flowery, but not so much so that it's difficult to read. And I just, I think that's one of the main contributors to why I liked it so much. I couldn't really put it down. I wanted to know what happened. 
Um, I also love the first half of the book. I know that was pretty much the only half you read. Yeah. Was when Theo was a child. He was just so charming and sad and I felt so bad for him and for me when I was a little kid like the idea of losing my parents was one of my biggest fears of like getting lost and not having anywhere to go even though I'm in a totally different boat than Theo was but I just I really enjoyed that part of the book Uh and I, I wish I almost wish that the whole story would have been told um, like when he was a child and it wouldn't have fast forwarded at eight years and I wouldn't have had to read about his boring adult life yeah. and him getting all pretentious. I just, I enjoyed little Theo mm-hmm. and I wanted to read more about his life as little Theo and I didn't care for when he was 26 and weird and just sad. But um, I also enjoyed Hobie, like you said. He was... He was genuinely only the the only kind-hearted character in the whole book. Everyone else was kind of selfish and had yeah. ulterior motives to what they were doing. Whereas Hobie was just like, oh, of course you can stay with me. You're so cute. I love you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I also loved Boris. Did you like Boris? No. You didn't? No. <laughs> He's... Okay, he's not, like, a good person. He's not a good character. Or, he's not... He, he's flawed. He's very flawed. Yeah. But I found him super interesting to read about. I loved his dialogue, his weird Russian, like, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> ethnicity. And... It was Russian, Ukrainian, Australian dialogue. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. He's a weird character. I thought he was really fun, and he does a lot of bad things. And I, I do recognize that they're bad. Yeah. But, like, he made the book more entertaining to read. And I don't think I would have finished the book if he wasn't in it, honestly. So I'm so happy that he he was such a good addition to the book. I also loved Popper, the dog. <laughs> the most important character. <laughs> he, he's not really relevant to the story at all. But, like... Most of the time when animals are included in a story, that something bad happens to them to further, like, the human character's development. But <laughs> my dog's eating a fly, sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, <laughs> Bapu was just, it was a sweet little thing. I like that they included it, him, in the story and that nothing bad happened to him. Things I did not like I, were a lot of the things you mentioned. One thing, though, was the pacing. I think that's my biggest criticism for the book. Is like, you you weren't expecting it to be eight years later and him be, be 26. But it was just like a random break in the chapter. And he was 26 years old. And it was just so jarring. And I... I, it's like I felt like I had to get to know Theo all over again. And that after that break followed a lot of info dumping kind of information, 
because we don't know what happened to him so he has to tell us what happened to him and that just wasn't very pleasant to read through yeah and after you told me that was gonna happen while i was reading it and you told me it was gonna be like a hundred pages of nothing i was like yeah i'm not gonna finish this (laughs) there's no way like she said the exciting parts the beginning and i didn't like the beginning (laughs) and so there was just no way but maybe you could have skipped to the very end because like the last like maybe a hundred pages is Mm -hmm. like when he meets boris and they get the painting back but like the like 300 pages between is just all Theo being pretentious and Mm -hmm. wondering about his life and conning people and all of that. Uh, Yeah, so I just, the pacing was off to me. And like I said before, I really wish that she would have just kept it as little Theo. Like, I just, I... I could see it, like, all the weird shenanigans going down with the painting could happen as, like, with him as a child. And I think I would have enjoyed that more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, Exandra with an X, mm-hmm. I felt like was... Had a lot of potential to be a more interesting character, but... Just she had no depth, and she was very like a Vegas stereotype, and that's all she was. And I just I don't know, I, I'm disappointed because I yeah. thought that the, the characters would mean more and that I guess since it's Theo's perspective, you could argue like that's how Theo saw her. Yeah. nothing more than like a Vegas stereotype who mm. stole his dad away. Yeah, someone who brings food every now and again. Uh. Yeah, I I guess you could I could see that. Yeah. But I I think another criticism I have is the ending. Like I said, it's just like the last 100 pages is suddenly like all the solutions to Theo's main problem, which is the goldfinch, and it just happens so quickly and everything's just wrapped up with a bow and like just a couple pages. And after reading, like, 700 pages of Problem, it just kind of felt, I don't know, too quick? Mm-hmm. Like, too smooth? I don't know. I know he killed two people, but it yeah. still was like, oh, I just got my money, so now I'm suddenly okay and I have no guilt. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the very, very end, there was, like, 10 pages of exposition of him saying, like, what he's learned from all this experience. And... Basically, he has a very pessimistic beginning of looking at life. And at the end, he's still very pessimistic. And he thinks, like, we're all going to die and rot in the end. And Mm. our life doesn't mean anything unless we create something beautiful. And that's our legacy after death. But it really doesn't matter because it could all be destroyed. Yeah. And I like kind of disagree <laughs> and i find him a bit over dramatic mm-hmm. like it, it's so much more complicated than that and i'm disappointed that that was his character arc because i i just don't think that that's realistic because life is so much more beautiful and so much more interesting and just it, he just oversimplified it i feel yeah. like but even with all those criticisms, and I do agree with you with all of your criticisms, I still 
really, really liked it. And should we say our ratings? Sure. <laughs> I gave it four stars. Mm. And just because I really liked it. And I think a lot of that is the writing style. And it's just beautiful. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. Mm. I gave it a two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I didn't like it. <laughs> um, but I think it comes from a lot of personal bias with mm. stories. I gave it... It would be a one if not for how well it was written and clearly how much work went into it and you could really see it. Yeah. And so the other star comes from like the technical side of it, like the skill and, and yeah. work that went into it is, you can really appreciate it. Rating is hard because it's like, do you rate based on plot and characters or do you rate like based on writing? Because the writing alone is definitely a five star yeah. book, but like... Yeah, I'm just rating based on what I've felt like, like my gut feeling about the book uh, i think i rate like books on how much i enjoyed them hmm. like just personally because i'm not reading them for school i'm not reading them to like get life messages out of them i'm just reading them for pure entertainment yeah. and this book succeeded in entertaining me so i gave it uh -huh. four stars <laughs> but yeah that's is that everything we have to say about the goldfinch i think so I'm I'm like glad for, I read it. I'm yeah. glad it's a part of my life now. <laughs> and I'm glad it was our first episode. Uh-huh. But um so for what's next month? September. September. <laughs> for September. So yes. We I just I let Luke pick the book. It's actually books of uh -huh. the month because I felt bad that he didn't like The Goldfinch and I definitely picked it for this month. Mm -hmm. So Luke, why don't you tell everyone what uh, the books are? <laughs> we are going to be in the Percy Jackson series. We're going to try and finish by Rick Riordan. Excuse me. <laughs> We're going to try and get through all of them. We'll definitely read the first one. Mm -hmm. um, but basically one of us is going to read it and then hand the book off and then the next person's going to read the next one. Yeah, I got the it's box It's going to be like set. a relay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're, we're going to try and get through them all, but it's five books, so yeah. we might not be able to, but we'll definitely be at least mm. reading the first one. Yeah. It won't, it for sure won't be as dense as the Goldfinch. Uh -huh. Like, I'm sure we could finish each one in like a couple of days. Yeah. They're a middle grade or young adult. I'm yeah. not really sure which series. I'm sure most people have heard of them. Me and Luke are like the only two people on the planet who have mm -hmm. gone through the early 2000s as kids and not read them yeah i just i was never interested in them i don't um, know and i i always just read the red ball books there was always a new one <laughs> so i just kept reading those i just i heard they were good but i think like i just i don't know i, I just never got around to reading them yeah and i hear people talk about rick riordan books like he's like Jesus or something <laughs> and I've heard that they're really great children's books and I know it's a child's book but we just read this beast of a goldfinch and I think uh, we deserve some light reading <laughs> yeah and but, some enjoyable reading oh my god <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they're good but yeah so I think that's pretty much it oh uh, I guess we'll see y'all next yeah. month or we'll talk to you next month. <laughs> yeah we'll talk to you next <laughs> month when we've read the Percy Jackson series and hopefully yep. they're five star reads yep, hopefully <laughs> so okay yeah we'll talk to you next month all right hopefully bye you'll join us <laughs> bye